Welcome to The Struggle is Real by Family Bridges. Hello and welcome again to The Struggle is Real, a podcast by Family Bridges to help encourage millennial parents. Thank you for joining us once again. We're your host, Veronica Avila. And on this side, I am Omar Ramos. As part of our faith series, today's topic is stay humble. Admit when you're wrong. Now, for our discussion, we've invited our expert, Dr. Alicia Laos, clinical psychologist and CEO of Family Bridges and co-author of The Struggle is Real, as well as Raquel Toledo. Yes. All right. Awesome. Representing a gift of value. Also, uh, wife of three years, I think you were yes. mentioning. Congratulations. Also, section leader at Willow Creek Church, if I'm not mistaken. Thank you once again for joining us. Vero. Adelante. Yes, we're going to start with an icebreaker. And of course, we all, I think we can agree that admitting you're wrong is hard, right? As it is. But admitting to your child that you're wrong, now that can be tough for a parent. Alicia and Raquel, can you recall a time when you admitted either to your children or to your parents or your parents admitted to you when they were wrong? I mean, I think all the time. <laughs> My kids are very young still. They're seven and three and mm -hmm. they get into ruffles where they fight and stuff and uh -huh. argue. And my son being the oldest, he's a little bit more aggressive. And the three-year-old is a little girl and just more fragile looking to me. And so we'll often see them fight and argue. And it's easy to make the assumption that he was the one that, mm -hmm. you know, pushed or shoved multiple times when we've gotten the story wrong. Mm -hmm. And we've had him be the one that pays the consequence. But I've learned that she's really smart. <laughs> and so she, she knows how to very slyly do things mm -hmm. to provoke him. So now I have a better picture of what's going on with them. I, I try to get a better picture, but a few times I've definitely, we punished him and it really was her that was not only instigating, but, mm -hmm. you know, putting the situation so that it would be looking like it was his fault. So oftentimes he's gotten a few reprimands that really weren't on his behalf, but just being able to recognize mm -hmm. that in the heat of the moment you make a mistake and just ask forgiveness. To ask forgiveness to your child, how has that been? You know, I'm comfortable with it because, again, I grew up in the in a family that did that. Mm -hmm. And so I've had that example. And also the values of forgiveness were very strong in my upbringing. I've seen my father forgive, for example, when I was very young. In the book, I talk about the situation, and I've talked about it lots of times. When I was, I don't know, middle school student, mm -hmm. there was this kid that was just really aggravating me. And apparently he had a crush on me, but I didn't know that that's what it was. <laughs> and he was just hovering, invading my space. I remember we were in gym class, and we were sitting in round tables doing some kind of work and he was right behind me invading my space and I kept telling him to leave me he didn't so I would jab I jabbed him with my elbow a couple times he didn't listen I turn around and then he met my eyes with his hand so he gave me a black eye mm. and you know get to the wow. principal's office and I'm like young and shy and I'm like I can't believe it I have a headache and I have a black eye well my father comes and he sees the kid he's you know across sitting there in the principal's office and you know after he approached me and made sure I was calmed down. He went to him and he actually asked, forgave him for what he did. That was a very powerful wow. experience for me because he took my shame and actually redeemed it with his grace and forgiveness. And so he took a shameful experience and converted it to something really beautiful. Now. Wow. I just think that model is really important for mm -hmm. our kids. Wow. There's a lot to learn from this experience. I don't know that I would have that I would have been able to do something like that if somebody punches my little girl. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. How about you, Raquel? Uh, well, 
as of now, we've been married for three years. We do not have children, but growing up, I do recall my mom many times, even as an adult child, when she's done something wrong or she's felt it hasn't been fair to just come up to my sister or myself and say, you know what, I apologize, I was wrong, or I didn't mean to say it that way or to behave that way. So to me, it's very powerful because among my friends, I know a lot of them haven't had the experience of the parent actually admitting that they're wrong and and so forth. So I appreciate that, and it's something that I've learned from her that eventually when it's my turn to be a parent, I would also like to have that type of communication and relationship with my children. Mm -hmm. Awesome. I think the kids will also value that much more, no? Yes. Very cool, Raquel. Thank you for sharing that, Dr. Alicia, as well. So we're going to go ahead and listen to a couple of scenarios when humility is necessary to teach it to our children. Let's go ahead and uh, listen to the first one. This is called The Cigarettes Weren't His. Come in. Hi. Hi. Richard. I, I just got off the phone with Tim's parents, and they told me that the cigarettes your teacher found were his. That he brought them from his house, and that you had nothing to do with it. Cool. No. No, 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 not cool. Look, Richard, I feel... Well, you know, I, I'm sorry. Yeah, I am beyond sorry. I should have believed you when you said that those cigarettes weren't yours, and I didn't. I was just... You know, I was so... So angry. I smoked for years, and they are impossible to quit. I'm not smoking. I know. I know. I, I, I'm just saying that... Well, you don't have to. I, I told you. I don't want anything to do with it. It's just gross. I, I believe you. Thank you. I'm, I'm getting sidetracked. Look, I I didn't come in here to rag on you. I, I was wrong, and I didn't listen to you, and I let other people cloud my judgment, but... But since when do I let other people tell me what my son is doing? Since when do I trust other people more than my own son? Of, of course you wouldn't smoke cigarettes. And if you did, if you got in trouble for it, you'd tell me. I just... I, I should have believed you. It, it's okay. No, it's really not. You know, and I, I know you're mad. I, you're allowed to be mad, but you should know that I'm going to take this and I'm going to learn from it. And going forward, you know, I owe you one. Can I go downstairs? Of course. Yeah, of course, of course, you're not grounded. <laughs> hey, hey, you know what? Actually, this silly, this this reminds me of this joke that I heard last week. Um, knock, knock. I don't really feel like hearing a joke. Okay. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, well, you know, uh, I'll be around, so just let me know if there's, if there's anything I can do. Just, just trust me more. I will. I promise. I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. Wow. So that immediately uh, had misjudged his son and accused him of having the cigarettes, when in reality they were his friends. Now, the point here, doctor, is not so much... Well, it is that he didn't believe his son, but now he had to recognize and he had to... He had to be humble enough to recognize that he that he was wrong. He went to his son, and we saw that he kind of struggled a little bit. He didn't really know how to approach him, but he finally did, and he he was authentically sorry. Mm-hmm. I think that we have to ask ourselves the question is, is our objective to gain the heart of our children, or mm-hmm. is the objective for us to prove a point? 
So sometimes we get so stuck in trying to defend ourselves or trying to prove a point that we're not willing to humble and say, I made a mistake. Mm -hmm. And that happens in this scenario. It happens in couples relationships across the board where we just have to just own up to the mistakes and say, I'm sorry. And when we do, then we're more moving towards each other and we're moving towards reconciliation instead of just holding on to my opinion and I want to prove my opinion and I want to, you know, prove who I am. And in this case, it was very clear that he recognized that he made a misjudgment, but that he was able to recognize it and mm-hmm. own it. By doing that, he's teaching his children what forgiveness is. Thank you, Doctor. So I'm going to go ahead and circle back to Raquel. With this skit, we saw a very good outcome out of it. But unfortunately, not all parents admit being wrong. In your experience working with youth, how are kids affected when mom and dad do not take these steps to apologize. I think they get affected because also, like, I'm listening to the child's voice. And when he said, I need you to trust me more, obviously, it seems like it may not be the first time that he probably gets judged. And in the tone of his voice, he didn't care to hear the joke either. So it tells me it's only an assumption, but maybe it is not the first time that he's going through this with his father. It's very important when we are dealing a parent-children relationship to not only ask for forgiveness, but to discern when it has become a pattern that you continue to judge this person because then it's going to take longer to rebuild that relationship and communication with with your kid. And that, depending on the age group as well, whether it's in grammar school or high school, then we're dealing also with the emotions and the season of rebellion and all that challenging uh, faces that sometimes we need to confront as adults or role models of our children. And it's not a pretty picture for the parent or the teenager or the child. And I guess reminding also parents, doctor, that it's not a sign of weakness when you recognize when you're wrong. No, it's actually great courage when you're able to do that because, you know, you got to be willing to admit we're wrong and we love admitting that we're right and proving a point. And so we just have to say, I messed up and just have to practice. And the more you welcome those words into your vocabulary and utilize that, the easier it is. And your kids are going to respect you the more when you're able to do it. Awesome. Okay, so we got a skit number two ready. And this is called Busy Mommy Misses Out. Come on, hurry up. Go ahead. Why does Crunchy take so long to go to the bathroom? Because she's a very particular dog. Come on, girl, hurry up. Hurry up. Hurry up. Why does she smell everything? It's what dogs do. Why? Because they can smell more than humans. Oh, that's right. Scrunchy, find a place already. Um, Mommy? Yeah? I forgot. Hurry up. Hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Um, Mommy? Yeah? I remembered. What was it? Why is, um, why is the grass over here different than the grass, um, than the grass over here? It just grows that way. Scrunchy, you have 20 seconds or else we're not going tonight. Mommy? Yeah? Why is, um, why is... Why is what? Why is this grass green? It just is. Why is this grass green? It's all green. This grass isn't. That grass is dead. It's dead? All right, scrunchy, time's up. No pee for you. Come on, Selena. Um, Mommy? Yeah. Why, um, why, why? Let's talk about inside. Here we go. Uh, 
<laughs> that sounded very familiar. I don't know. You have any little kids? You know that they have that age where they're like, well, why this? Why that? Why, 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 why? And they have one million questions and you only have about two answers. <laughs> they, they, they want to learn. They want yes. to learn little sponges, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but we also saw mom. She didn't take the opportunity to enjoy those little moments, those important moments for her daughter. What's happening here, uh, doctor? Oh, she's a mom. She's distracted. She's got a lot of things she's juggling with. and She's on schedule, and her kids are not on schedule. They don't have an internal clock where they're, you know, they got to go here, they got to go do that. They're mm-hmm. just enjoying, and they're discovering the world, and their senses are, you know, their volume is all the way up, and they're picking up on all of these things for the first time, and it's a wonder. As parents, from time to time, if we're able to sit down and enjoy it with them, we'll enjoy life more. If we're able to see the world through their eyes, we'll be more mindful, and I think we would be happier. But it's a challenge when you've got when you're on a schedule. Mm-hmm. Continuing with the whole schedule thing, um, Raquel, living in the busy world that we live in today, what ways can you think of that we can benefit as parents, as kids, as millennials? For everybody to just stop and enjoy the gifts that we have, the gifts of life, the gifts of God. I think the greatest challenge we have is our cell phones, our smartphones, because <laughs> anywhere we're at, whether we're at home or at a restaurant or at a fast food place, everyone, for the most part, they're on their phone, including the toddlers and the little kids. So I think just has a family just setting rules. You know, when we're at the dinner table, it's going to be time for to communicate and just have conversations. Mm-hmm. Setting rules is very important and also not only setting the rules, but a Applying by them and making sure no one's cheating. Yes, definitely. That's important. And growing up, I wanted to add while listening to the skit is uh, the fact that my mom always took time when I was in my season of playing with Barbies, nine, ten years old. She would take time and play with my sister and I and she will have a Barbie herself and then we will have names and create this little scenario. Mm -hmm. So those are moments that as an adult now, I still think back and value the many times and um, that we were able just to to play cards or to play with the Barbies or just to watch a movie and then discuss the movie and, and things like that. So it's very powerful. How cool is that? Yes. Thank you. Great opportunities to share with your child. Dr. Bird, we saw the short answers, right? So mm-hmm. yes, no. I don't know because mm-hmm. it's dead. It's that one's green because it's green. Mm-hmm. Da 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 adding that to the, the cell phone use or the busy schedules. Then later on are we already putting up ourselves up to like very dysfunctional or very paused relationships with our children? Well, the message that she's getting is you're not valued. This is not important. And kids are ripe. They want to learn. They're super curious. And then but later on, they're doing their homework. And then we get annoyed when they are, seem to be not motivated in their middle school years and they're just despondent and not interested. What mm-hmm. is it that makes a difference between the kids that are ongoingly curious yeah. throughout their lifespan, you know, all way until their middle, the difficult adolescent years, and they're still hungry to learn from those that are not. Mm -hmm. And what we find is that they have parents that actually feed their curiosity. And I learned that from my husband. And my son is precocious and super curious and has questions like this little girl and more. And he takes the time to explain it. And if he doesn't know, they Google it together or they go to the library and find the answer. And so the kid is insatiably learning. Mm -hmm. And so right now, we don't really have to be on his back about his schoolwork or things like that. He just does it. He has it. That's been invested. So it takes a little bit of time at the beginning for you to, oh, a lot of time, actually, (laughs) to answer all these questions. 
but it'll pay off later on because then you are fostering a desire and a love for learning. And if earlier on we really work with them into answering these questions, mm-hmm. they're going to learn the love of learning, and then later it's going to be it's going to pay off for you as a parent. It's going to be easier in those years along the line. But it is a journey, an ongoing journey. Mm-hmm. Just like you parent. said in past uh, podcast, appeal to their passion, right? Go mm-hmm. into tap into their interest and yeah. and make it interesting because for them it's a big deal. It's a big deal. It is. It's the first time they see it, you know. Mm-hmm. And so okay, so we're not done with uh, busy mom just yet. We're gonna see the same mommy, but taking a whole different approach. Um, mommy. Yeah. I remember. What was it? Why is um why is the grass over here um different than the grass um than the grass over here? That green grass? Yeah, why is it green? Well, I don't know. I know grass is green when it's healthy, when it drinks enough water and breathes enough air like you and me. Grass can drink? Sure can. That patch of yellow grass you were pointing to earlier? That one? I think it's yellow because Grunchy always pees on it. And it can't keep drinking dog pee without getting sick, so it turns yellow. So this grass is, um, the grass is sick? A little bit, but it'll be okay if we give it some time and water. Does everything drink water? Pretty much. You know, I can't think of a living thing that doesn't. It's something we all have in common. Why? I don't know. Our body needs it, or else we dry out like that yellow grass over there. God made us all out of water, huh? He sure did. I wonder why. Now, me too. When you figure it out, you let me know, okay? Okay. Hey, Mommy? Yes, Selena? Why does Scrunchie take so long to pee? (laughs) I don't know. Maybe she needs to drink more water. You know what? I think you're onto something. I think we should go back inside. Hey, if she drinks more water, she might have to go pee. All right, let's get Scrunchy some water and try again. Come on, Scrunchy, come on, go, go. Aw, that was really, really cute. We saw mom taking the time to actually have a conversation with her daughter, answer the questions, and just being a, really there, being really a part of the conversation. What is that teaching her daughter, doctor? That she matters, and again, that there's things you don't know, there's things you know, and, and you can find out. It sends the message that you're important instead of being a burden. You know, I'm too busy for you was the message we got earlier. Yeah. And here, I care about you. Like, you know, I love you. Let's figure this out together is mm-hmm. the message that you sense. Beautiful. You know, uh, Raquel, circling back to you, aside from the educational part where mommy took the time to kind of explain to the child why the grass is green or dry and all that, the child brought up the subject of God. And I think it was a huge opportunity for mommy to kind of piggyback on that and just kind of talk about God and reinforce the faith. How important is it for parents to take advantage of those kind of opportunities at an early stage in the child's life? I think it's important because, uh, especially nowadays, mm-hmm. um, there's so much information and religion and interpretation exactly. everywhere. So letting your child know where you stand as a family, what are your convictions, what do you believe, mm-hmm. who is God in your life, it's going to build curiosity in, in the child, especially if they're young. And then they're also going to want to learn a little bit more about this God that mommy or daddy's talking about and why do we pray at night or why do we have devotionals at 
at home. Why do we have to go to a church? Exactly. What does that mean? What's mm-hmm. the purpose? So it's a great opportunity as parents to do that and the children to also want to learn and build that that relationship with God. Very good. Thank you so much. Better. Beautiful, beautiful. So just to reinforce, because today we were talking about the importance of admitting. Admitting when you're wronged. Be humble enough to admit when you're wrong. Anything that you'd like to add, Doctor, on this? You know, thinking about it from a faith tradition again, and just from social science, kids learn from what they see. If you practice, you know, forgiveness, they're going to see a picture of God that's graceful, that's a God of grace and one that is forgiving instead of one that is damning and judgmental. And so when you practice that, that's also a message that they see. But it's going to really pay off in their future relationships because these are just principles that matter throughout life. You Forgiveness is important in your romantic relationships, uh, you know, work. I mean, there's so many things that's going to spill over. Mm-hmm. So as you are modeling this for them, you're setting them up for success and for them to be happy in the future. Great stuff. Any closing comments you'd like to share with us right before we uh, go? Raquel, thank you once again for joining us. Oh, you're welcome. One thing I want I would like to add is mm-hmm. the fact also how we can teach our kids to ask God for forgiveness when they do something wrong. Because mm-hmm. not only are we as parents or parents are teaching them, hey, listen, um, forgive me when I'm wrong. But when you want for them to build that relationship with God, say, mm-hmm. listen, when you do something wrong, it's also God is going to listen to you and he's going to be graceful enough to forgive you. So it's an opportunity we can also take to mm-hmm. kind of like also teach them about God and the convictions in the house. Great. Well, thank you for joining us, both of you. And make sure to tune in to our next podcast. As part of this faith series, it's going to be called Love or Fear. That's right. This is The Struggle is Real, a podcast by Family Bridges. And if you haven't downloaded it, what are you waiting for? You can find it at iTunes and share it with your friends and family. That's right. We also have the Family Bridges app that you can also download on iTunes. Go get it because there's a lot of resources there for you as a parent. Or if you're working with a group of parents, well, you have tips, you have other very important and useful resources. So go get it. And you can also find us using the hashtag for all you hashtag Fanaticos, we're under hashtag the struggle is real or simply hashtag TSIR with the blogs, tips, and much more. That's right. Thank you all for listening to this edition of The Struggle is Real. I'm Veronica Avila. And on this side, Omar Ramos. Till next, next time. This was The Struggle is Real by Family Bridges. For more ideas on parenting, get your copy of The Struggle is Real by Drs. Paul Meyer and Alicia Laos on FamilyBridgesUSA.com. 